Hey listeners, did you know that Yogi Triathlete offers endurance coaching for body and mind? We offer personalized training plans for endurance sports, wellness and mindset, nutrition and recovery guidance, and race preparation and strategy, all within the supportive community of Team Yogi Triathlete. So if you're ready to conquer your fitness goals and push your limits, our endurance coaches are ready to guide you on the journey to peak performance. Go to yogitriathlete.com today to set up your free 30-minute discovery call and embrace a future of strength, stamina, and achievement. Your goals, our experience, the perfect match for unstoppable success. All too often, we'll start running and our bodies aren't ready to run. And we're running because whether we feel like we're further along or we have a story from the past that says we used to be able to run 45 minutes, so I should be able to run 45 minutes now. That is untrue. You need to meet yourself again where you're at today. Your body's different. It's, it's totally different than it was before. So you got to constantly bring yourself back to patience. Like this is a process. You're going to listen to your body. You're going to stay in the moment. You're going to stick to the workouts and give yourself time for the body to adjust so that it can handle the load. So you got to reel it way back. And walking is the bridge. It's the connector to getting back to running. So you just never know, right? Like, I don't know, in each moment, we can choose a miracle or we can choose a grievance. We can choose to get caught up in the drama of life where we can train our minds to remember that there's always a bigger picture and that there's highs and lows to every day. And sometimes the waves that come in, they crash with joy in your dreams. And sometimes they crash with pain and letting go. And so at Yogi Triathlete, our goal being to hold the line no matter what the wave is that's coming in. Welcome back to the Yogi Triathlete Podcast. We're here for our February installment of the Osho. And I was just recording, but sitting here quite quietly because the chorus of the birds has begun and it just blows me away. Every day they just show up. They just show up every day and they sing and It's not because there's an audience or because they're getting paid or because they're getting thank yous or validation for their existence. They just show up every day, just like the ocean, just like the sun. It just shows up every day without any expectation of anything in return. And it's all for us. And so I feel grateful just for for hearing those birds. Maybe you can hear them in the background. I don't know, but... Um, maybe they're singing in your neck of the woods as you're listening to this or the next time that you wake up in the morning and you'll take a moment just to hear that and contemplate it on just a deeper level. So welcome, babe. It's good to be here again <laughs> <laughs> on our floor in the middle of our little studio. Clark with his blanket, um, just painting the picture here. Yeah, those birds, I mean, you've got to be able to hear them. And they've nestled in right above your training closet. Mm-hmm. underneath the shingles up there. You see them fly in and out. And they're really loud and really tiny. <laughs> But yeah, it is a beautiful thing. And they're always on time. They're always on time. When we're meditating in the morning and they, they start to sing right on time. All right, so where should we jump in? We've got a question. We've got some topics we want to jump into. Well, tell them the news. Like Let's start. talk about the news. What's the big news? I know, you just never know. You just never know what's going to happen in life. 
Like so you, what happened in life? Well, a lot has happened in life. And to be quite frank, it's... Um, That's an interesting saying. To be quite frank? Yeah. I know. Uh, it's been kind of an intense few months um, since December, uh, just caring for my mom and dad. I went back east and like just wasn't expected. My dad had a couple of accidents. And uh, so he is uh, just getting stronger every day. And, you know that sometimes can happen in life, right? Like you just never know where life's going to take you. And so family wise, it's been, um, sad and, um, you know, practices of detachment and, um, zooming out and seeing the beautiful picture that is actually unfolding here and then honoring the human part of it and flying back unexpectedly to support my mom and, and just diving in and like learning so much. Um, so life can take turns in that way, right? That's just another wave of life. But then in the midst of it, another wave of life that came through, which was just a couple of weeks ago, was that I was asked by the travel yogi to take over, um, their Sicily yoga adventure this fall from September 28th to the 5th. So you just never know, right? Like, I don't know. In each moment, we can choose a miracle or we can choose a grievance. Um, We can choose to get caught up in the drama of life or we can train our minds to remember that there's always a bigger picture and that there's, you know, there's highs and lows to every day. And sometimes the waves that come in, they crash with joy in your dreams. And sometimes they crash with pain and letting go. And so, I, you know, at Yogi Triathlete, our goal being to, you know, hold, hold the line no matter what the wave is that's coming in. So, um, yeah, the Italy wave came in, which is incredible because my, for so long, as long as I can remember, I wanted to go to Italy. And as long as I can remember, I knew I was going to travel the world. I just didn't know how it was going to happen. And you don't always have to know. And in fact, you'll rarely know how it's all going to happen. But if you just keep, if you get to know yourself and you follow your heart and you unearth your gifts and you share them bravely, like you'll see that those dreams that you had a long time ago, or maybe just even yesterday, they'll, they'll come to you because they're there for a reason. So yeah, so Sicily Yoga Retreat Adventure, uh, September 28th to October 5th. What's the adventure in it? Um, So this will be my third retreat adventure with the travel yogi and I haven't even done one yet so yeah. we've got Patagonia coming up in a um about a month or so and now Patagonia is like one of their more adventurous retreats we're going to be rafting suff- supping biking kayaking hiking like we're gonna it's a moving adventure we're gonna be like plus yoga yeah, yeah. every day so yoga adventures are adventure travel expertly curated adventure travel daily itineraries all eco-luxury, all with cultural immersion, all with visiting um, these world heritage sites throughout the world. And that's all done from the Travel Yogi, who are the adventure travel. Um, they're the first the first company to blend wellness and adventure together, which is so cool. And then we ground our experience every day in yoga, which is really how we're going to be able to absorb all of the things that we're going to be seeing, Patagonia, uh, Galapagos Islands, Sicily. 
So they vary in adventure. And so Sicily is going to be, I mean, food and wine and um, a little bit of a moving adventure. We go from the north west side of the island down to the southern side of the island and then back up. We start in Terramina, who, uh, if you've seen season two of The White Lotus, that's where they were, it's like Isola Bella, that, um, that island there that... Uh, you know, they talk about and like that couple walked over in that, in that episode. Anyway, um, this is going to be, um, we're going to be doing some hiking on Mount Etna, which is the largest active volcano. Um, and, uh, lots of food. We're going to have, um, chocolate making class. We are going to sip volcanic wine. We are going to an herb farm. So all you herb people out there, we're going to an aromatic herb farm. Um, but I mean, there's a whole itinerary. It's all up on yogitriathlete.com. You can check that out under retreats. Uh, so the adventure is going to be a little bit more of cultural immersion, obviously activity, yoga every day. But this one is very much getting sun-kissed and blissed out and immersing ourselves in the Sicilian culture. Wow. Okay. So I have a question. Yeah. Like all these adventures that you're, that are coming up, how do you not, because they're all places you've never been before. You've never worked. You you haven't done a yoga retreat yet with the travel yogi. (laughs) You've got uh, plenty to do already in the day to day. (laughs) Like how do you not get overwhelmed or uh, how do you not get fearful of that unknown like traveling to um chile is going to be an adventure Mm -hmm. yeah so how do you not how do you just how do you approach it or someone well how do you approach it so when i first started communication with the travel yogi i initiated the communication um because i wanted to i wanted to lead a retreat with them because a yoga adventure feels like um, kind of like what I was born to do. <laughs> I mean, I'm, just, I'm adventurous. I like to take risks. Um, I love yoga. I love to ground the wildness of life in a practice like that. Um, yoga resonates so much with me because it's the science of the mind. And all health and wellness and vibrancy and ability to accomplish goals and be our best starts in the mind. It doesn't start in the body. It doesn't. And if we don't have our mind stabilized, or at least have the tools that we're working with to stabilize the mind, everything else is going to be not at its potential. So yoga adventure just felt like it was made for me um, in this life. And, um, when I first initiated communication with them, I was looking at the different retreats and I got to, you know, narrow it down to like four retreats. Now I looked at the Patagonia one and I was like, mm, that's a little scary. I, th- I don't think I'm going to do that one. You know, like what and was then, scary? What was scary? Uh, ra- whitewater rafting the Futalufu river, which is like the place where people come from all over the world. Cause their rapids are so insane. Um, it just was like, okay, yeah, I did the whitewater rafting up in, you know, on the Kennebunk 
what was it? Kind of bunk river, I think. <laughs> yeah. Up in Maine somewhere. Yeah. yeah. On those rivers up in the, and I survived. And so I'm good now, right? Like I can close that chapter. I'm good. I can stay safe now. I don't have to go rafting ever again. And then that was a situation where they reached out to me and they said, will you take over the Patagonia yoga adventure? And I was like, oh, right. And there is life serving me up on a silver platter. Like, oh, this thing that you were kind of fearful about and you decided to stay safe. Oh, here it is. And so because of my relationship with this bigger picture of life, for me, there was, an, there was no possible way I was going to say no. So just like every other fear in my life that I have walked up to and looked at, I realized that any fear was always about the future of being on the Futulufu River, you know, or not having um, experience in kayaking or supping. Um, So there were times as I was, you know, promoting the retreat where there was like a little voice inside, like, well, maybe you just won't get anyone to sign up and then you don't have to go. And I was like, well, maybe that will be the case, but that's not up to me. What my role is, is to serve this community as best I can by not hiding in a corner because of something that might be fearful to me. So I put a hundred percent of my enthusiasm into this trip, uh, this Patagonia trip, and it was very authentic. And so in those moments that I would feel anything, I guess we could use the word fear, it's just realizing that like fear is always in the future. It's always, always, always 100% of the time in the future. It's never, ever, ever about now, ever. So answer, coming back to the present moment, what is true right now? just sitting in the living room, talking to you and these beautiful microphones, you know, and talking to the community at large. I don't even know who's listening, but I know people are listening. I see the numbers every week. So, um, it's all about what's happening right now, you know, and I can apply that to the situation with my family. I can apply that to Sicily. I can apply it to Patagonia. I can apply it to the race I'm doing in July. I can apply it to, you know, what's going to happen for the rest of the day. It's always about coming back to the moment and sifting and sorting what is true, what is not true, what is true, what is not true. And what's true is that right now I'm totally fine. And every single time I've ever checked in with that and asked that question, I've been fine, more than fine safe, vibrant, alive, and happy. Sometimes sad, but yeah, I'm, that's still safe. Right. Yeah. Does that answer the question? Yeah. It was really well, long. No, it was, yeah, it's I got perfect. that voice in my head going, stop talking. Stop. <laughs> no, stop talking. I think it, it shows that you're human, right? You, you have the same thoughts and anxiousness that exists in everyone in the world, but the difference is the ability to pull yourself back to this moment and this moment and this moment and that the, the details will all be filled in. How are you actually going to pack your bag and how would you actually have to bring and what does it feel like to get, go from your second flight to your third flight? Like all of those things are going to, or they're going to fill in, they're going to happen. And the ability to not indulge in those long before they even exist allows you to have that calm. Yeah. And what needs to happen now? Like before I went to bed last night, I made two sticky notes. One was like, 
These are non-negotiables for Tuesday. This is what you need to get done on Tuesday. And then here's the ongoing thing. So that in the middle of the night, I'm not waking up going, oh my God, taxes. Oh my God, I got to look at that report. Oh my God, you know. Um, so what needs to happen today? So you have to take action. Like what, right, needs, what is right. the next logical step? What needs to happen? I don't need to pack my bags right now. No. But I do need to start getting my gear ready for... Um, for the raft, like I need to get river shoes and I need to do some things, but that doesn't need to happen. That's not on the non-negotiables for Tuesday. But that could easily pull your attention away and you can, in your mind, if it's not, if you're not working to find some focus and concentration with it, then it's going to indulge in those things and constantly stew on them. And, and getting the gear necessary to go on travel is going to be all consuming for you. And here's a really important thing well, for anybody who, who, who is open to listening to this and absorbing this, the universe knows what you want and what you need. So it knows I need river shoes. It actually knows I need a paddling jacket. And the other day, someone who's on the trip sent me a text and said, Hey, I ordered this paddling jacket. It doesn't fit, but I think it might fit you. Do you want it? And you know, it's whatever I paid $50 for it. And it's like the paddling jacket just came to me and now it's on its way here for a fraction of the cost of what it would be to, to be brand new. So you don't need to continually tell the universe what you need. Like it knows what you need. And if you just stay in your task at hand and train that mind to be focused and not fearful about what may happen, um, it's so interesting how things will just come. They'll just come. Yeah. It's just have, have more experiences. Like this loops into everything that I have been experiencing that we've been experiencing in life in this past year, this past month, this today, like it just keeps, it's a constant pattern of just keep having experience by moving forward. Notice the doubt, detach from gripping too tightly and just let things unfold. And take that next step. It's it's really not a complicated process. We just make it complicated. And I've had thoughts of, uh, how am I going to teach a yoga class after flying like for 27 hours? Like we're doing a wind down yoga, like when we arrive or after being in class five rapids, you know, like what if I fall out of the boat? What if I hit my head on a rock? And I'm like, none of that is right now. Right. And how will I do it? I will absolutely do it. Because I will be in that moment when I do do it. I will be in that moment when I'm teaching those classes. And I don't need to plan anything because I'm going to have the most extraordinary nature around me. And all of that power, I am not separate from. So we have the energy that creates worlds coursing through our veins right this second. It's what is allowing you to hear through your ears. And when we identify more with that than the physical body, which is temporary, we are able to tap into this just fountain of youth and energy to accomplish anything that we set our minds to. Yeah. Wow. Do you want to describe one of the days? All right. Give it a day. So this is a Saturday to Saturday. We're back in Sicily now. We're, we're right. not in Patagonia. <laughs> just so you we know. just flew back to Italy. <laughs> we're back in Sicily. All right. All right. Give me a day and we'll read one of the, um, I'll read one of the, I, the daily itineraries, and then we'll um, Thursday. We'll move on. You this you did this last time. What Thursday? You said Saturday to Sunday, or Sunday to Saturday. <laughs> day one, day two, day three, day four. Well, I guess I could do the math, right? All right. So, so Sunday's day one, <laughs> two, three. No, four, day, day one is Saturday. Oh, Saturday one, two, three, four, 
So day six. I love when it's so apparent about how you and I work Thursday. Kind of com- completely opposite on, day on six. so many things. Okay, day six. Ooh, day six looks good. They all look good. Okay. Day six, morning yoga and sustaining breakfast. All right, now forgive me. There's a lot of Italian words on this this day, so hopefully I'm going to do them okay. Noto, which is also an area that the women visited during season two of The White Lotus. Remember when they rented the um, the big oh, house? Yeah. yeah, they were in Noto. Noto, the jewel of the Val de Noto awaits. Marvel at the Duomo Si San Nicolo and the gorgeous stairs just below, as well as the Palazzo Vescoville, Palazzo Communal, and the Baroque Church of the Holy Savior. As you stroll through the day, you'll be treated to gastronomical delights of Noto, including Cuopo, the famous Arancino, and the unmissable Canolo. After some free time to explore Noto, journey to Modico. So this uh, seems like this is a travel day. Another tasty treat this afternoon as you learn about Modica's famous chocolate history. Get hands-on as you put your knowledge of Modica's ancient chocolate making to the test under the watchful eye of a professional maitre chocolatier. Oh, reminds me of that movie where they were like, oh, yummy. Evening outdoor yoga at the hotel, group dinner if you've got any tummy space left at the hotel. So Modica is where we are staying at this insane place, and there's a picture of it on um, on our website, and and also on my Instagram in our on our Instagram when we announced it. But it's it looks like this like old like castle, and there's a drone shot of it, and it's just gorgeous, beautiful lawns and this beautiful pool. Um, and when I asked Jen, the travel yogi who owns the travel yogi, I was like, what's this kind of weather like? And, um, she said, it's basically like, think SoCal. She's like, it's like SoCal weather the whole trip. So that sounds pretty nice. Yeah. So that's our chocolate making. That's day six. That's day six. Thursday. Thursday. Yeah. Okay. Depending on how you look at it. All right. So if you want info on that, you want to join me in Italy, uh, in Sicily, which is the heart of Italy, they say, then uh, go to yogitriathlete.com, check out retreats, and uh, they're all in chronological order. So you can scroll down there and find all the deets. And all the other retreats that are there. Yeah. And all the other Tons retreats. Tons of treats. So, yeah. And also the Carlsbad retreat. So yes. you can come out and... Uh, Book some time with us here in SoCal. We just had one um, yeah. with someone. So we had a woman come come from Friday to Sunday, and we did a full big immersion day on Saturday. And it was like dinner uh, Friday night, breakfast, and into you know yoga on Sunday morning, and then that was it. And so she kind of flew in with the big huge day on Saturday. But that's just one person. So we do one person retreats. You can mm-hmm. come and uh, or bring a friend. actually those yeah, or bring a friend. Or three of your friends. Yeah. We can do those types of immersions up to about four people. Yeah, I think that's yeah. That's the limit. Yeah. But yeah, a really good um experience to have immersing yourself in like how we I, I just love showing like so many like minimalism and uh, how we cook and how we prepare and how we shop and how we uh, how we transition in our day. There's just so many things that we do just because we do them, but they're really profound for the people that come and visit. And they're just like, oh, it's as easy as you know, interrupting your day with a walk around the block or 
Yeah. I mean, wellness isn't like, oh, you can't train for triathlon anymore. You can't, you have to like wellness is so many different things. Wellness is just looking at your food for 30 seconds and contemplate all that it took to get into your bowl. Like you want, you are interested in being able to zoom out and see the bigger picture. That is a fantastic technique right there. Yeah. What did it take for your food to get there? You know, the drivers, the farmers, maybe, maybe it's animals, you know, the mother animal that gave birth, the seeds, the sun, the rain, like it's just incredible. Um, and it puts you in a, it puts you in a state of gratitude and that is a great receiving mode. So you also get more nutrition out of your food because you've slowed down, you've put yourself into receiving mode and now you're going to fuel your body. So true. Yeah. All right. Should we move to uh, the question? Do you want to move to the question? Yeah, this is a good question. This is uh, this is probably uh, more for you. But um, I ran into one of our fantastic neighbors. We have the best neighbors um, and uh, and the best dogs in our neighborhood. And she is wanting to run sustainably. So we've talked a lot about like run walking. It's such a great recipe. But here's somebody who's always done run walking, but she's never been able to run sustainably. And that's what she wants now. And it's interesting because it gave me this new look on it. Like, oh yeah, well, run walking can also be a bit of a trap, right? Like Mm -hmm. you can also get stuck there. So how would somebody who's run walking make that transition and be able to run sustainably? They've never done that before. So this is a totally new repatterning of belief systems and um, physicality. Yeah, you got to approach it with with patience. Uh, at least when I'm working with athletes, and myself included, working in the, the run-walk, you got to have patience. All too often, we, we do just that. We will start running, and our bodies aren't ready to run. And we're running because whether we feel like we're further along or we have a story from the past that says we used to be able to run 45 minutes, so I should be able to run 45 minutes now. That is untrue. You need to meet yourself again where you're at today. Your body's different. It's, it's totally different than it was before. It's actually different than it was, you know, five minutes ago. So you got to constantly uh, bring yourself back to patience. Like this is a process. You're going to listen to your body. You're going to stay in the moment. You're going to stick to the workouts and give yourself time for the body to adjust so that it can handle the load. Uh, That's really what's happening. You're putting too much load on the body before it's ready to handle the load. That's that's all it is. That's in a simple description. So you got to reel it way back. And walking is the bridge. It's the connector to getting back to running. Uh, I have done this myself for years, for years. I've coached athletes from injury back to running their fastest 10Ks, you know, half Ironmans uh, from a run-walk focus. It takes time, patience. So someone hasn't been, or someone's working with an injury or, you know, is under the weather or, you know, just hasn't run in a long time, you got to start with walking. Like walk, put walking on your plan. So start walking, you know, 30 minutes, 45 minutes, walk up to an hour without it affecting you. Walk up to an hour. You can do it every day. Walking is an amazing exercise. Then you start to integrate runs into the walk session. So I like to give five to 10 minutes of walking to start, get the body warmed up, then start integrating, and you've done this yourself, like 30-second 
or 15 second little jogs. Let's say you're coming back from an ankle injury or lower body injury, or you're just trying to get back into running 15 seconds on just a light jog and then walk for 45 seconds, 15 second jog, walk for 45 seconds. Repeat that for a couple rounds, five to 10 rounds. See how that feels. If you feel amazing after 10 of them, walk out the rest of the time, walk for another 20 minutes, and then you're finishing on top. What does that mean? It means you didn't put yourself deeper into a hole mentally or physically that you can't run or that you'll never be able to run like you were before, where you're finishing and saying, hey, I've actually run these 15 seconds and it felt okay. I didn't do any damage. (laughs) Uh, I actually have built some um, confidence in the ability that I can turn the legs over a little bit. So then you take a day off or you go for a walk the next day and you come back the third day and you're like, I'm going to do it again. Go 15 seconds, maybe 15 times this, this round. And you start to slowly integrate that and you take that process through 30 on, 30 off. You take it to um, always a 10 to 15 minute walk to start, like get the body warmed up and the same in the end. Really important. So then you start to move as you do this a few weeks, the body's feeling good. You're not running into anything. You start to incorporate one to two minutes, three minutes even running, same walking, go equal one to one, two to two, three to three. Uh, And when you feel that's absorbed in the body and you're not banged up because of it, you start to decrease your rest, uh, the walking time. So you get to a point where you're running three minutes and you're walking one minute, running three minutes, walking one minute. And this happens over the course of months. And you finally get to the point where uh, something that we integrated into our bike camp where you're doing nine minute run, one minute walk. And that, those were the runs that you would have through the whole bike camp because the focus is biking. Uh, and the feedback I got from that for those that first tried it was just, they felt so refreshed when they started to run again. And they actually didn't mind the break at one minute because it's just one minute of walking. Uh, what we bump up against as athletes most often is the pace all of a sudden our pace goes down because we walked a minute and look on Strava and it's a slower overall pace. And that's causing some dissatisfaction with you as an athlete. That is an unstabilized mind. <laughs> yes. There are, there is, there are tools for that. <laughs> but this process is, it's slow. It's slow. Well, it can be, it can be quick. It can be quick. If you do the work, just continually be consistent, walk, run, um, and take your time to get back. And I would also recommend not adding in explosive or intense activity outside of run walk. So let's just say box jumps or yeah, but bike would be okay. Bike would be great. Bike would be awesome. Bike would be great. Swim would be great. Swim would be even better than biking. So the next best thing after the run walk is swimming, get in the pool. Amazing for the body. Like no impact. It's just the best. It's the best. Uh, and then biking. So good to bike. It's again, lower impact than running. Running is the hardest impact on your body. So adding in some walking is going to help reduce that. Which doesn't actually make it a bad thing. Like bone responds well to that. Again, patience though. Strong bones. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. You got to have the patience and you got to earn the right to to run sustainably. So 
Yeah. Every time I come back from a, an opportunity, it's run, walk, it's walking and then a little bit of running and then walking. And then I'll start doing 30 thirties and then I'll start doing the nine ones, nine minute running, one minute walking. And then I get to the point where all of a sudden I find that I'm running an hour easy without stopping. It just happens. Um, but you gotta be patient. And you gotta listen to your body. Listen to your body. Walks. Don't discount walks. No. Especially for Ironman or long distance ultra races. And, you know, it's never one thing, right? Also, don't discount nutrition. For sure. Yeah. How you're fueling your body. Is there a lot of processed foods there? You know, things that will create inflammation in the body won't help the sustainable run program. So anti-inflammatory foods. Um mind training. Well, the mind training, I'm glad you said that because that's, <laughs> that can derail you literally like you're yeah. going for two weeks, three weeks, you're feeling great. And all of a sudden you, you say, I'm going to run an hour when you haven't even run straight for 15 minutes. Right. So every, every brick builds upon the next brick and the next brick and the next brick until you build this huge foundation. And then you add the layers of running on top of that and your body absorbs and likes it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Does that answer the question? Yeah. I think that's a good plan. I mean, uh, yeah, I think that's a good plan. (laughs) I don't know how people do it without coaching though. I really don't like that. And that's just a personal thing. I've always had a coach as long as I've, you know, been in, in this sport and, uh, it just so happens that you're my coach now, but I don't know. I, everybody's different. Like some people really love like putting all the numbers together and this way. And, and I love that, right? Like to me, that's like putting together a retreat itinerary. I love that, you know, or like categorizing expenses in QuickBooks. Like I love that stuff. Everything fits in so nicely. But when it comes to training, like I'm also a big fan of outsourcing. You know, we used to do this when we were homeowners, like we're not putting the front porch on, like we're hiring someone to put the front porch on, whatever that looks like. Um, So for me, coaching has just been so wonderful to be able to just look and execute, look and execute, look and execute. Um, Yeah, I like to just um, hand it over to the person who really knows what they're doing. Yeah, Yeah, it's important. It's an important piece. You have that outside voice. The objective voice voice, is so important. Like the non-judgmental, what are they... Because when we're in it, right, it's sometimes it's hard to see. So we have to practice the zooming out and, you know, zooming it. We want to zoom out and we want to be able to see that objective perspective as well. Um, but through the voice of, of somebody who's looking at it with their eyes is super helpful. So helpful. All right. What's next? I've been watching um, Ari. Uh, if you guys uh, didn't listen to that podcast we did with Ari Clow professional triathlete. He's got his own YouTube channel. We had him on the podcast a while back. Um, and he's down in Australia right now and he's doing these videos on the Australian method that he's highlighting in his, in his videos, really long videos. They're like recording his whole training day, but he's down there. It's the second week of eight that he's going to be down there and he's learning to swim. And as you know, Australians so good at swimming. It's like they're, they're born in the water and it's just so there's just a lot of great swimmers come from Australia. They're doing the work. And so what he's finding um, in this Australian method, and he branded it himself. I don't know if there's anything called the Australian method. But it's, um, it's the grind. It's, it, it's also um, doing the workout to its completion. 
and not bailing on the workout because you're not hitting the numbers or times. Uh, it's just, you keep showing up and you keep swimming Mm. over and over and over and over and over again. That seems very important. It does, doesn't it? It's very important to follow through with what you do because it, you know, if you crumble on things, other things in your life will crumble. Right. Like if you want to know if you're crumbling on your word, just look around at, you know, this is where we can use history to our advantage to really look at like, you know, is my word good? Is my word solid? Yeah. You want to finish that workout. So yeah, expand on that. That's so good. So, so like take like, you know, Joe athlete who's not hitting their times in the pool and they're like, forget it. I'm just, it's it's not the day. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly it. They say it's not the day or they say, no, but it is the day. But it is the day. It's a super important day. That's why the, isn't that the Australian day for it? Isn't that their, oh, their slogan? Yeah. Every day is the day for it. I love um, that. I think it comes from win, win Republic. But I, I really resonate with it because I've been there so many times myself and have coached athletes in this environment where they see the set and they've already determined before they've started that they're only going to do one round versus two rounds of the main set because they're tired or they haven't fueled well or they're sleepy or the water's too cold, whatever the excuse is. It's an excuse. Uh, In this method that Ari is sharing that I resonate with is you just complete the workout. You, if it looks a little bit different than what's on paper, that's okay. You complete the workout. You finished it. You got it done. And so that builds Um, resiliency. It builds confidence. And eventually over time, you're going to hit those, those paces that you're supposed that I'm using air quotes, supposed to hit based on your, the session that's given, but it just takes time. And when your time is your time is only there when you put in the work. So when does that happen? Well, you just got to keep showing up, keep showing up, keep getting. So in this instance, get to the pool, do open water, keep swimming, Every day, getting in that environment, putting yourself there to succeed. And then finally, it will turn. And this has been my experience and has been my experience with athletes. So I've butted up against so many times with the, with the workouts, um, specifically from Tower 26. You know, I work with Jerry's workout as a foundation for what we do. And a lot of it's just repeat. So not just one round of something, not just two rounds of something. Sometimes it's three or four rounds. So it's over and over again. And it's easy to say, I'm just going to do one round. I've done enough for the day or the week, and I'm just going to get out. But that's just reinforcing that you're going to bail and stop before you've even given yourself the opportunity to try. So if it's, let's talk about a specific workout, 16 times 25 at 90%. So 16 times 25 yards, 90% effort on short rest, say 10 seconds, five, 10 seconds. And then you do a 200 or 300 easy pull. Okay. That's, that's the set. And then you do that two, three, four times through. Right. And so you look at that and you're like, ah, it's not the day I can't hit, you know, whatever that time is that I hit last week in this set. So I'm just going to do one round of it. And you haven't even jumped in the water yet. And you've decided that. And this is me too. I'm not, I'm totally guilty of this. I have experienced this so many times, but I've also coached athletes through this. Um, And it's important to give yourself the opportunity to be in that moment when a decision actually has to be made, not 
make the decision long before you've even dipped your toes in the water. That's a critical moment to success. That, that right there is more important to me than actually the times that you hit in the pool. So let's just say the workout's three, three rounds of that and you get in the pool and you, you finish the second round and you're like, I don't know if I have the third round at that intensity. Uh, I'm not sure I'm going to be able to do it. For me and for the athletes I've coached in that experience, if you just give yourself the chance to go that third round, 99% of the time, again, myself included in the athletes I coach, have completed that third round and it's maybe one second or two seconds off of what they hit previously. It's never to fail. I don't think I've ever had anyone go to that third round and failed, like they haven't hit the 25 with the same send time. So what does that say? It just says there's nothing special there. It's just, it's just giving yourself the opportunity to be successful versus the mind wanting to be at ease and peace by saying, I don't have to think about it, so I'm just not going to do it. So being in that moment is where uh, the decision actually needs to be made. And let's go to that third set. It's not about the 16-25s that you have to do. It's about the first one. Get to the other side of the pool. Rest, the and then that, get the second one in. The one that you're in. Yeah. And then get the third one in. I love that set. You actually had me do that set yesterday. And I love that set because you're like, it's so funny how there's like this part of the mind that's just so lazy. It's like, ah, uh, 16 and so many. And I just, I let that voice be there, right? It's not about stopping anything. I just let that voice be there. And I'm like, come on, let's go. Like I'm in charge, not you. And then next thing you know, you're like at 10 and then you're at six and then you're at two and then you're done. And then you're doing that easy pull in between, which is so lovely. And then you do it again. And that part goes, oh, 16, maybe we should just do eight. And then you're like, come on, let's go. I'm in charge, not you. And you do it and then you're at 10 and then you're at six and then you're at four and then you're done. You know, and then you do the 200 easy. And then there's one more and you're like, now there's that part of you that's like, oh heck yeah, there's one more. Like, oh, yeah, I got this. Like, I'm going to do this. And then that part that's like, oh, but it's 16 and you've already done two sets. And you're like, no, let's go. I'm in charge, not you. And that's great dialogue to have. I'm in charge, not you mind. I'm in charge, not you thoughts. Gosh, those thoughts are really, it's a battle. They, well, they really need to be watched. They do. And regulated because they are. So what's the difference? They are creating your life. Life doesn't create your thoughts. Thoughts create your life. So what's the difference between doing that third set and then not doing the third set, but then you're at night, you're binging Netflix series and you're watching three episodes in a row. So you're doing three rounds of whatever the episode is. And that isn't difficult. Why? Because you've practiced it and you, you have a preference list. And you've experienced what it's like to feel the uh, completion and excitement and drama from the show that you're watching. But yet in the pool, because you haven't practiced going to that third set, you're not, you haven't done it. There's no difference. Well, and also we're not bettering ourselves when we're binging, right? Well, we all do it, that, yeah. right? And so anytime we go to better ourselves, we're going to have resistance, So going in the pool and doing the third set that you've never done before or pushing it to four or doing a a shorter leave time, that's all bettering you. 
So you're going to have that resistance. Now, just sitting, you know, with a full belly in your sweaties, binging, like there's nothing about that that's making us better. <laughs> so you're not going to have any resistance because that lazy part of the mind is like, oh, yeah, I got you right where Wait. I want you. <laughs> Wait, what happens if you're binging like the blue zones? From it doesn't <laughs> matter. It doesn't matter. I mean, it's a better mental impression. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's a better impression. But it's, uh, yeah, I mean, it's still, you know, the screen in your face and, you know, no movement. It's, um, you know, nothing's, it's, it's like inertia, right? And the mind can fall there. You got to watch that. Like, that's okay. It's okay to, you know, we do that. We go, oh, yes, let's just like put our phones on airplane mode and we'll just watch an episode and then we'll go to bed and we're all done working for the day. And it's, it's okay to have that, like where you're like, no more activity, no more training plans, no more, you know, QuickBooks today. But that's not the state, you know, for every day. Right. And it's certainly not the state when the alarm goes off to go get your four times, 16 times, 25 set in the pool done. And you say, I'm just going to stay right here. It's not okay then. That's when you really got to rise above and say, no mind, you're not in charge. I am. I have an Ironman in three months and getting out of bed because binging Netflix is not an Ironman in the making. You know, I'm glad you mentioned the alarm. Something happened while you were back East. Um, I think I shared this with you. I, it's the day you left on Monday. Yeah. You left on Monday. So starting Tuesday morning, I got up at 4.45. I set the alarm for 4.45 because I had news that the pool up the street was opening Tuesday morning, okay? So a mile up the road. And as you know, I've been working through opportunity in the body and swimming hasn't been consistent and yada, yada, yada. Um, but I woke up at 4.45 because I wanted to do my whole routine, um, mobility, um, uh, then work my shoulder exercises and um, scraping and trying to get my shoulder to to get in line with my objectives. Uh, let's be clear here. Like, get on board, buddy. Uh, and then do my meditation and then take Clark out for a walk and then get to the pool for 6 a.m. So that left me 75 minutes to do that, right? And have coffee, of course. So... As I did that every single day, it turned into a routine. Every day I would get up at 4.45, go to the pool at 6, come back and you know get on with my day. And I was starting to pick up momentum. And what I started to realize as I was getting deeper and deeper into the week is like, that's not even enough time because then I was starting to uh, rush and get to the pool um, without any time to just take a few breaths. So then it's like, okay, well now I need to back it up even more. And the mind was like, what, you're 4.30? Like that's another 15 minutes. And it said, the rationalization was like, yeah, but it's 15 more minutes in the morning I'm going to get where I'm not going to be rushed and panicked or uh, a sense of urgency. I find whether I walk this purposeful walk from our door to the car, like I'm trying to quickly get there. And I've had moments the week, the week you were gone where I just walked gently from the door to the car in peace and calm. I wasn't trying to rush. And it took a few extra seconds. It wasn't that... Um, it wasn't that enormous, but my point is even though we need rest and sleep, it's important to make time in the morning to not be rushed 
to do the things that you want to do, training, getting to work, uh, whatever, spend time with your family, your baby, like it's important to get up 15 minutes. Either way, you guys know, this is 1% less than 1% of your day. So that's not going to swing whether you have a, a magnificent day because you, you, you know, missed 15 minutes of your beauty sleep like that to me, it's more enjoyable to be up and have more space between the things that I'm executing throughout the day. So yeah, I've continued that. I'm actually back to five, uh, now that you're back, but, um, but we also why, some... wait, why are you back to five? Cause I've been getting up at four 30. I don't know. I don't know. I don't have an answer. Yeah. So I guess it's back to four forty-five. <laughs> we'll see what tomorrow brings. <laughs> we'll see what tomorrow brings. But that was a good experiment. Um, and I took a lot away from it. So that's what you do with experiment experiments. Yeah. Like you got to pull something out of it. Yeah. And it's not, it's, it's so, it's okay. It, and ebb and flow with it. Like, it's not wrong that you're getting up at five now, you know, um, ebb and flow with it. Like you saw some momentum. Okay. Now learn from it, use it. Like how does that inform your future? How does that inform knowing how much time you need to get out the door? Yeah. And look in, look at, so if you're listening to this, look at your morning. Is it rushed? And would 15 minutes allow you to sort of transition a little bit more wisely between one place and the next? Yeah. I mean, this, I don't know if I've talked about this before, but like in the 1950s, there was a group of doctors that identified, you know, really this disease of the future, which is hurried disease, hurried, like H-U-R-R-I-E-D. And that's it. That's the state of our affairs. You know, have you ever been like wave somebody through a crosswalk? Nobody takes their time. They're like running across because they're like, oh my God, I can't wait, make people wait. Can't make the person wait in the car. They were so nice to stop. It's like, you're walking. It's common courtesy not to run somebody over and take your time, you know, take your time. And that's a great way to practice slowing down when you're at a stoplight. When, um, if you're on your feet and you're walking or you're out on a run and, you know, a car waves you through, take your time and notice the tendency to hurry because that hurried disease, oh, it's killing us. Literally, it's killing us. Yeah. So, and it doesn't mean that you're going to be slower. In fact, it's probably going to mean you're going to be faster um, and because you're going to be healthier and your mind is going to be less disturbed because you're bumping up against those impulses and you're not responding to them. So the thoughts, the impulses are not in charge of your life anymore. It's kind of like a, it's kind of like a life-changing thing. (laughs) If you just take your time crossing the street. So try it and let us know, like try it and let us know how it goes. Slowing down to speed up. Yeah. Slowing down to speed up. I mean, it's, they taught this thousands and thousands of years ago. Like it's never changed. And now we adopt it in endurance training slow down so you can run faster. Well, same thing in our whole life. As you slow down, you become more efficient. You're not making as many mistakes. You're not banging your head on the, you know, on the wall or bumping into the chair because all of that is just wasted energy, wasted time. So as you slow down, you actually speed up. Yeah. It's a philosophy I've embraced. I like that one. Yeah. So, uh, fastest Iron Man. So just a quick update, still pursuing my fastest Ironman. Nothing's changed there. Uh, I got a bike fit. 
which was which was good, uh, a little bit helpful. Um, still fine tuning it, but uh, things are progressing. I think um, how many weeks am I out? Do you even know? Mm, I don't know. I've been doing videos on Patreon though. Every week, I'm launching a weekly recap of my fastest Ironman. I just launched episode eleven. So it's been 11 weeks already. That's awesome. Wow. So, and that comes with what tier? The $5 tier, right? So for, if you like the show, if you're a listener, it helps so much for us to be able to continue this show, uh, to just make that $5 pledge. Um, you know, for $20, you'll get the monthly yoga for $65. You get access to wake athlete guided meditations, like Every week I'm in there posting. Um, I just posted this thing in there the other day on um, the miracle of positive thinking. It is by far the most clear, logical explanation for positive thinking. I've, I, I mean, I've listened to a lot of that stuff over the years, but this one is incredible. So takeaways and practical tips and um, and the elements of you know our thoughts and how. <laughs> how they are dictating our life. And if we're not, like, if we're not onto this, like she says in this video, if we're not, if we don't understand the power of our thoughts, we are not embracing a fundamental principle of life. Like we, like essentially she's saying like, we're doing it all wrong if we don't understand the power of our thoughts. And I couldn't agree more. Because I've, I have done it all wrong because I didn't understand the power of my thoughts. Yeah. Yeah, it's really good. We'll put a link to that. I'll put a link to it. Yeah. It's in the Awake Athlete tier. Oh, I'm Patreon. Yeah, I'm yeah, Patreon. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cool. All right, what do you got? How many? Oh, all look right, at that. So you I've have got, a countdown. Yeah, so as of right this... How'd you, what's that countdown? That's really cool. I know, it's a cool timer. So I've got till Texas, two months, 27 days, 21 hours, 31 minutes, and 16, 15, 14, 13, 12 <laughs> seconds and counting. Oh, every moment yeah. counts. Every moment counts. Literally, it's counting. Uh, I love it. Uh, I've been watching, I was just on the train this morning watching Texas from last year again. Uh, YouTube has the full video, so I've been, you can kind of see the course. Uh, I'm really excited for this run course. Really excited. Um, yeah, things are progressing, feeling good. Started to swim last week, every day, as you guys heard. And yeah, working working my way back, slow and steady. Jumped in the ocean on Sunday. That was fun. A little bit chilly. A little open water experience. Um, yeah. What's the water temp in um, Texas? Is that typically like a warmer swim? Yeah, it's, a, it's borderline wetsuit. Oh, okay. Yeah. Great. I think majority of the time, it, they... They make it so you do wear a wetsuit, but it's it's borderline. So okay. It'll be a warm swim. Mm. Yeah. Nice. Yep. So that's the update. Check out Patreon for further details. Excellent. And what do you have? What do you have coming up? Um, Besides retreats. Yeah. I've got the Ojas <laughs> retreat in a couple of weeks here in Temecula. Um, well, I finished bike camp and I'm going to start bike camp again. Because you had a little tweak on bike camp this year. So I'm going to go back now and do bike camp from last year. I'm just going to keep getting stronger on the bike because I have a goal for Oregon. I've never broken three hours on the bike before. It's a huge goal because, I, well, 
I don't know how huge of a goal it is because I don't even have the data of how close I've been, (laughs) but I, you know, I'm in the low three hours, three hours and so and so minutes, but I want to break three hours on that bike. And, um, so just taking this whole winter to get super strong on the bike and then continue that momentum, um, as I head back out to Palomar in the, in the spring and get, you know, get my mountain climbing on. I'm going to miss riding my bike in Costa Rica this year, but yeah, yeah, you'll get that bike. You'll get that bike. Yeah. Time in Oregon. We'll see. I don't, you know, I mean, what? Those were all blech. Let's erase that. Definitely. (laughs) Definitely. I'm going to go for it. 150%. Kind of like you did the, uh, on my little road bike without super (laughs) fast wheels. I'm going to do it. Yeah. Love it. Maybe we'll have to get you some wheels for that. I mean, I'm probably gonna, you know how I get like when I, I like to achieve the things that I set out to do. Oh yeah, <laughs> so the transition just, competition that was that was a good one. They might just be calling nine one one when I get back from the bike. <laughs> yeah, so Team Yogi Traffic will be. I might, I might be walking the half marathon. <laughs> But you'll get that bike split. Oh my god! So we'll be up in. I do get really obsessed with my goals. Oregon seventy point three in July. You'll be there with the team squad of yogis, and I'll be in Placid that same very day with a bunch of yogis. Nice. Yeah. So good. Yeah. All, All right, right, guys, we're going to sign off. Um, hey, if you didn't listen to the O Show last month, check it out. At the end, I um, we added in. Um, a breathwork meditation, like a guided breathwork meditation. So get in there and, uh, and check it out. Let us know how you like it. All right. I think that's it. Signing off. Thank you. Have an amazing day. Whatever day it is, whatever time of day it is, as you listen to this, be amazing for the rest of the day. Just, uh, watch those thoughts. They are, they are dictating your life. Um,